0: So let's see, other follow-up. Oh, yeah, yeah, so we released our podcast, so uh, people have heard it now.
1: Uh, I thought it was interesting to look at the um, the platforms where people were doing it. It's interesting, the number, of, yes. I guess because you sent out
0: a link, the there's a huge number of people who just accessed it in Safari. Uh, yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, is like there's no good way to send out a link to a podcast. I know. You know? <laughs> yeah how do you how do we get people to subscribe Uh, because i don't want to i don't want to turn into that guy's like rate comment and subscribe yeah
1: right because a lot of that's about getting better sponsorships right
0: yeah so uh let's put it this way um hi uh listener Uh, my name is daniel holborn i'm one of uh the hosts of the fits and starts podcast i don't know if you've heard it Mm -hmm. um uh my co-host john and i uh we're sitting here by a fire um in our in our luxurious leather armchairs and our smoking jackets, and uh, you know, we would like you to subscribe to our podcast um, and rate us in iTunes, uh, so that we can increase our already vast wealth. So, if you would do mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. that would really mean quite quite a lot to us. Um, you'll notice that the show has no sponsors um, and really no no monetization plan um, of any sort uh really no no business model um, not it, that you're aware of it's really i mean it's, it's yeah not that you're aware of it's really uh you know from the outside it appears to be just a giant sinkhole of time and resources um <laughs> but in fact uh we've grown a rather rather profitable empire and uh mm-hmm. we need you to uh make us take us from being millionaires to being billionaires so thank That's you That's right Thank you. Rate, comment, and subscribe, and uh, give us a thumbs up, and uh, and tweet us.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I'll put that at the top of the episode hello
0: hello what's up brother let's talk about fits and starts (laughs) fits and starts is about people our age talking about work fits and starts is highly specific but highly specific in the things i'm interested in (laughs) the things that i like i think that i didn't fall asleep (laughs) conversations that you guys have are like real life conversations if you were like sitting in my living room so keep up that good work like podcasting honey there's really only one thing i don't like like problems. Not often you get to hear two white dudes give their opinions on stuff.
1: <laughs> annoying bros, but not annoying. Like, no, you know what? Fits and starts is like. Fits and starts, fits and starts. Fits and starts is a morale booster. That's actually that's absolutely what it is.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this week we talk about working remotely, how to be a good neighbor on the internet, and then things come completely off the rails when we talk about the inside of my fridge. As always, if you have any feedback for us, hit us up on Twitter. And it'd be really helpful if you also subscribed wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. So the two of us work remotely. We do not work in an office. That's correct. What do you what do you think about that? It's kind of a I mean this is something that is like sort of a new phenomenon like relatively in the long in the long arc of history somewhat a new phenomenon the ability to work remotely and for people for organizations to work remotely at scale. Let's
0: see I am in Baltimore got a guy in Florida we got three people in Chicago two people in San Diego Texas um, Virginia so the hard thing for us is is
1: or it maybe it's not even necessarily hard it's just different is uh working remotely across uh s- such s- different time zones so we're in i'm in indonesia where half of the team is and the other half of the team is in america and sure. uh we are 12 hours different depending on the time of the year because we don't have daylight savings because we're on the equator uh but it's a really challenging thing, and it's it's a really interesting thing and there, I've got coworkers who i've I've only been in the room with for like an hour, and i I uh, interact with them primarily through slack through uh, calls, and I feel like I know them quite well and I work well with them, but you know you start really depending on your tools, you start really depending on like processes and and everyone kind of staying on the same page and over communicating and i don't know I, I, I'm interested in and the not having of, internet
0: outages. Oh my that's gosh! A yeah, big. That's a big thing.
1: Just kind of curious from your perspective, like, what are the tools you use? Since since you have such a de- dependence on tools and good software, good connection, phone calls, processes, all of these things that kind of like are that I think of as like little bridges to make you basically try to create an online environment that removes all those hurdles so that you are effectively in the same room together. Um, I'm curious about you, like. What are the tools that you use? What do you like? What do you not like? Are there uh, things that you hate about working
0: remotely, or the things you love about it? I'm just kind of curious. Pick your brain about that. Sure. Um, yeah. So, quick rundown of tools: uh, Slack, obviously, everyone uses Slack, and we do too because we're part of everyone. Um, we use Google Hangouts sometimes. We use Zoom for our like internal standup calls. We use Screen Hero um, for screen sharing with each other um it's really good for pair programming because you can both uh type and click at the same time so like whoever i'm sharing with can also control my mouse and stuff whoa which cool. is pretty sweet um so if you're you can program with someone and they can write some code too on your screen google calendar obviously gmail github uh, Laravel Forge for setting up servers, Harvest for time tracking, Basecamp, and Trello. All those things have purposes.
1: How do you feel like, uh, we? you know, we've had a bunch of conversations uh, about culture, and I think it's going to be kind of a recurring theme. How does culture work uh, when you are kind of living on the web?
0: Mm, well, yeah, so that's the thing. Titan is actually really great for culture. Um, they are very proactive about it, which I love. Uh, because, like we've talked about before, you can either be proactive about culture or you can have bad culture. Um, right. And they are extremely proactive about it. You can be proactive about having bad culture. You can. That's true. You can either be proactive <laughs> about bad culture or you can be... Yeah, basically. Um... <laughs> I, I hate when I go for a witticism and expect it to be there when I get there. <laughs> and then I get to the joke and I haven't come up with it yet. It's like Michael Scott. Like Sometimes I just
1: start things and I don't know how they're going to end.
0: Uh, okay, so we have um, cat meetup is a sort of a stand-up type of meeting, um, which is... <laughs> was... <laughs> it's a really funny mental image, a cat meetup. Yeah. So apparently, it's, this is before my time, but apparently it's called Cat Meetup because there was a point where everyone's cat was on camera all at once. <laughs> um, and so they called it Cat Meetup. That's delightful. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a little daily stand-up. Fridays, which is actually Thursday now, um, there is TGIF, uh, which I believe used to be called Beer 30. Um, but then they changed it to TGIF, and now it is called Beer Cat Meetup. <laughs> um, and all, all of these beers and cats are emojis, not actual words. So, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's just a beer emoji and a cat emoji. And that is the name of the event. That's great. And, and, and is that you guys talk about work stuff or you talk about non-work stuff? Uh, we like start by talking about work stuff. Um, but it's like a hour or two hour meeting. It's like a, a long Meeting that like is totally optional and you can jump out of, but it's okay. just like hang out and drink beers and be here. There are discussion channels for lots of things. Um, sports ball channel exists. Um, discuss development. Discuss Apple. Discuss politics. Um, I recently made a channel which I think is very important called Discuss Fasteners. Um. <laughs> It is a channel dedicated to the discussion of fasteners. Uh, and, and,
1: uh, does this have to do with your uh, insufferable server wreck?
0: Uh what, the, nothing is really unrelated to fasteners. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh so recently anytime someone has had a thought about a nut or a bolt, usually me, but occasionally someone else. Um
1: <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing a whole Slack channel of like of like long missives from you and links from you. Occasionally peppered in with like this person has left the channel <laughs> <laughs> right exactly with the whole with this whole thing of like not meeting your coworkers in person or meeting having very limited time with them in person living in a different city state or country um experiencing them primarily through slack and thinking about culture i'm it does strike me that there's this idea of like your internet persona um which is A a more and more important thing I think about all the time, uh, figuring out how to portray yourself on the Internet is a really huge deal. And it matters for work Uh, and it matters for personal life and stuff, too, is like, obviously, you know, people bemoan like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram being like your curated self, which I understand those criticisms and whatever. But like increasingly for us millennials, like it's a huge deal. And it's actually like a skill you have to develop is like how you portray yourself, how you kind of curate yourself, how you come across to people. Uh, and I think a lot of that does come down to like things like syntax and uh, emojis and whatever else. Cause you gotta, it's without those things, it can be, you can come across as really cold. And there's a lot of like cultural baggage and, and trying to figure out how to like be humorous without being annoying. And it's quite interesting. It's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big thing to try to figure out, and it's a skill set that no one really told you you're gonna have to develop, but you have to develop if you're gonna do something like work remotely or interact with the rest of your coworkers
0: primarily on the web yeah, totally um i how do you say um so there's like different levels of like sort of filtering or editing yourself right um like you know there's so there's like I guess like my privatist persona like would be like Charlotte. She's like Charlotte, my girlfriend, like knows what the deal is. You know, yeah, She's known yeah, me for yeah, a yeah. long time. You know, she knows she knows what's what's going on, right? She
1: knows about your your secret uh, Brony club membership.
0: That's correct. Um, and then you know, then there's sort of like a ring of people that you know who like are your friends or whatever. Um, and then there's like work where normally you you obviously like. There's a level of professionalism that's required, right? And so there's, uh, you know, there's topics you generally don't discuss at work, or uh, you know, there's professionalism. You just try try and make everyone who comes to the job not regret having come to the job that day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's like put deodorant on. Yeah, put deodorant on. It's not for you; it's for everyone else. So the question is like, do you? I. I feel like I actually edit myself less working remotely than I would working in person. If that makes any sense at all, uh, um, go and ex- explain. Give, give me a scenario. I've worked for companies remotely where I then like met up with the people in person, um, and I have felt that everyone was being a little bit more professional when we were in person than we did on the internet. More maybe more cordial. Yeah, more cordial um, and, like, a little bit more, like, uh, restrained with their, uh, with their, you know, jubilation and exclamations of appreciation for each other. So, and I don't know if that's just the fact that, like, when you meet someone in person who you've known online for a long time, like, it almost feels like you're meeting a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't, like, automatically pick up all of the develop rapport um, or what it is so that is but anyway that is an interesting thing that I've experienced and so that leads me to believe that like it's a little bit easier to develop the rapport with like faceless chat names even though I see people on video chat all the time but like it's a little bit easier to develop the rapport that way I don't know if that's true or not it's just like my theory I, yeah, I think that kind of makes sense. And I, um,
1: it's, I, I think it's interesting in how it changes how we talk to each other. Like, um, you, like I've adopted emojis and I actually really like them now, but it's interesting, like in Slack and stuff, like being able to like do the react emojis, which I'm actually a, a big fan of. Uh, but I, you know, I find myself having this almost like bubbly way of talking about things because right. like the way that I talk to my family in our Group WhatsApp is like sardonic and sarcastic and understated. And sure, like, sure. You can't do that with people you don't know that well. So, like, yeah, now I find myself at work, like, I use, especially if it's if I'm interacting with a stranger, but also just with people who I work with who I don't, I haven't spent that much time with in the room, like using a lot of exclamation marks and uh, using a lot of emojis and uh, if somebody says something that like might be a joke leading off with like ha 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 and then say what I need to say and trying right. to be like go, go out of my way to be self deprecating because all of these things are like you, this is all they, all they know of you is like text
0: sure yeah, yeah. I am so very well good 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 Ooh, i got a rhinestone panther accessory
1: are you playing a game right now
0: i, I am yeah you see that mountain in the distance see that yeah mountain? yeah you can walk there
1: you can walk there if you want and then there and there's a bunch of little side quests along the way but that requires me to fire from the hip i'm gonna put my headphones down while you eat because it's disgusting i'm
0: sorry i'm pretty far <laughs> away from the mic i thought you would be able to hear me back here uh i'm uh, i'm recording a podcast but uh what's up Alright word Yeah let me call you back later Because I'm keeping Indonesia busy Yeah
1: you know I'm starting to google this And I'm, I've i already lost faith So uh, uh, <laughs> get back to working remotely <laughs> I think that might be one of those things That I said in my brain That is not a real thing
0: And mm-hmm. then I just started believing it It's the shape of your esophagus You just run them down
1: um, I, Yeah I get a little gaggy When I watch those videos
0: hey you don't go to Home Depot Without getting something Yeah I defy anyone to walk into a Home Depot and leave empty-handed.
1: I'm interested in the idea of civics. Um, I'm really, this has been like one of the themes, one of the things that I've probably spent the most time thinking about in the last year, couple years, is like uh, John Roderick said on Roderick on the Line, everyone wants to talk about politics, and no one wants to talk about civics. Um, Sure. And I think that civics are a big, big deal, and I think that, um, one we of the are most... living in a society here we are living in George Costanza we're living in a society so like I'm interested in how to be a good neighbor and I don't think that I'm usually very good at it but it's a question that I find myself asking more and more but now I'm thinking with this whole internet persona thing and this whole uh having your co-workers on the internet and uh knowing many of your friends as I do through the internet like everyone that I knew in America I just know basically through Facebook now Um that in a lot of ways, is where I am a citizen. And so the reality is that's like where we live a big part of our lives, and shouldn't we take that just as seriously as we take being a good neighbor? Uh, hmm. And so I'm curious if you have thoughts about like ways to do that, um, or maybe you think my whole uh, idea is bogus. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I don't know. So ways to be a good citizen on the Internet, ways to be a good neighbor on the Internet. Um, I think there's a lot of ways. Uh, more than just like sticking up for the oppressed, although that's obviously sort of a, a very common topic right now is like internet, internet oppression, right. In specifically, and right, I think there is in general, like all of the rules that you learned in elementary school still apply, right. It's like, uh, if someone's beating up someone else, tell them to stop, get an adult, or a moderator, or you know, a, a channel admin on Slack, <laughs> or whatever you know, whatever, wherever you're at, get somebody. So if someone's being being a doofus to somebody else, you can step in there. So that's obviously true. But like bigger picture, like how do you um, be a good citizen of the internet? I think making things for other people to use is very important. Hmm. Um, and uh, I think the open source community is like they're kind of like the uh they're like good samaritans yeah exactly they're the good samaritans of the internet right and they uh the open source community is really they're the ones who are kind of doing it all you know they're like the soup kitchens of the internet yeah you know they're like listen (laughs) right you can still have an operating system you know (laughs) um like no matter what happens there will always be a linux distro I would um, love for uh, I would love for
1: every open everything that open source has created to disappear for 24 hours, just for everyone in the world to gain an appreciation of what open source has brought us.
0: If but this is the thing is if it disappeared for 24 hours, the internet it would exist. literally take decades. Like even, I think if it disappeared for 24 hours and then came back 24 hours later, so much would have been destroyed that it would take decades to get back where we yeah. had been 24 hours before <laughs> just because like there are unix servers that like haven't gone down in like 18 years you know
1: <laughs> like what was the what was the story about uh wasn't there a guy who had this like like 30 lines of javascript that he had written that like every every blogger in, oh, in the world was using and then he like oh, took yeah, it down
0: yeah. yeah so npm this is uh npm is a package ma- package manager for javascript um and there was a guy who had a uh, a little piece of um code that did left padding so basically if you like have the number 1 you can left pad that to four digits and make it 0001 right and that was literally what it does, did was it was like it turned integers into numbers of a certain number of digits with left padded zeros right yeah. It's a very simple thing to do, but he had just written this thing, and it worked, so everyone just used his. You know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the way NPM works is if you have dependencies for your projects, you declare them, and then people just download your project, and then when they update NPM, it downloads all the dependencies from NPM that your project depends on. Right? So it turns out that his project was a dependency for a lot of things. And those things were dependencies for a lot of other things. <laughs> um, and so exponentially, this these like six lines of JavaScript or whatever it was, were a dependency for like a lot of things, like tens of thousands of things. Um, and often, NPM is run as part of an automated deployment script. So like if you make changes to something, You push it up to a server and it runs NPM just to like get in case you changed like the the version of the dependencies that you need or something like that. It runs NPM to just like go download the latest stuff. Yeah. So I forget exactly what his motivations were, but I think there was something along the lines of like... He was grumpy about something in the community, right? Yeah, people were being mean about something. So he took his package down from NPM. The internet continued npm installing as usual and tens of thousands of things broke
1: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think of something that's like analogous to it it's like it's like if a guy was like uh just out of habit was like always like turning the lights on for city council meetings and then just like one day decided he was done turning on lights at city council meetings and then all of a sudden everyone realized that they didn't know where the light switches were right Uh, exactly
0: (laughs) yeah it's crazy or like you know, like if you, uh, I think it's it's more of like an infrastructure thing though, right? It's yeah. like if there was a guy, like if there was a guy who needed to like, to open and close the um, the gates at a railroad crossing, right? <laughs> if there was a yeah. guy who needed to do that, right? And just one day he was like, you know what? I, I am not the richest man in the city. I am not the handsomest man in the city. And I really don't feel like this city cares for me at all. So, uh, you know what? Today, we're not opening any railroad things. And people have just been assuming that these just work forever. All All of a sudden, sudden, every railroad company is panicking. Well, there's traffic jams at every railroad crossing, right? And they're, they're getting longer and longer, and they're starting to cause other traffic jams at other intersections. Yeah. And eventually, the whole city shuts down because, like, the, like... 12 railroad crossings in the city of a million people just aren't happening.
1: Yeah. This is like a a trolley problem, but with less death.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love the trolley problem.
1: I do, too. I think we talked about it one time. I I got into a shouting match with Mitch Prentice about it one time. I can see that. I can see that. But do you know what? I wasn't even shouting at him about the trolley problem. I was yelling at him because I thought he was being a
0: contrarian. I think there's a lot of value to uh the effect and this is more politics than civics, I guess, but like the effect of anonymity um on the internet right I think there's yeah. a lot of value to it and so like for example, I do do a lot of things on the internet anonymously um but I also do things as me the like there's lots of things that I do do on the internet that uh I don't really just I don't wanna like tie that to my identity, not because they're like shameful things uh or because they're illegal or anything, but like because, you know, they're this is not like my brand, you know? Right, right. And like to a certain extent, like I feel like I do have a little bit of a brand to worry about. Not as much because like, you know, I'm not like Sarah Silverman or whatever, but uh I can't believe that was the first name that came to mind for someone. <laughs> think, who has of a, a brand. think of a famous person, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> think, think of a fa- think of a famous brand. <laughs> think um. a famous brand. I could go
1: with Tide or Ford, but I think I'd rather pick a somewhat off the beaten path female comedian
0: i'm no, i'm no sarah silverman but let me tell you i got a brand um well yeah and it's interesting though because
1: i feel like the uh, people um Sorry. i don't know i see sometimes like uh baby boomers scoffing at like oh you oh you kids take social media so seriously and it's like well, yeah yeah because like this is where we live now and like this It's like by no fault of our own, like the jobs we get in the way people get in touch with us and the way we interact with our friends primarily happens here. And as much as I hate to think of it as like a brand, that kind of language is actually kind of a helpful way to think about it because you are projecting something out
0: into the world and you need to curate that. Well, yeah. And that's the thing too, is like I have hired people because I liked their brand on the internet and I have not hired people because I didn't like their brand on the internet. Yeah. You know? Right. And, like, that's that's how it be sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's made me think about this stuff that I'm
1: retweeting because my my instinct is to, I don't know, I follow a lot of, like, weird, funny people on Twitter, uh, and uh, I see some stuff on there that's just, like, bizarre, like, weird Twitter humor, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, no,
0: reckless I, retweeting is very on brand for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I haven't adopted that into my into my brand yet so i'm not not totally confident about
0: it i don't understand do you not have a brand book oh i'm sorry
1: i have my style guide i'll refer you to my style guide (laughs) thank you what do you what do you think in terms of because one of the other one of the last things that i had on on my mind about the internet civics thing is uh comment sections and maybe Mm. this is its own maybe this is its own thing it's a bear of a topic but um I think, you know, you can follow the logic of it. I, I, I say this because I, I know that you are someone who does and uh, you selectively engage in comment sections, but when you engage, you really do engage, um, which I really appreciate that about
0: you. Uh, Sometimes I engage and then disengage as soon as I've started something.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, so that, that, that fits into well. it because the thing is like so if this is if if what we're saying is in any way true that we are citizens of the Internet that we have responsibilities that we have uh that are better and worse ways to do things and we have this whole persona online what are the responsibilities that come with that and so like one thing that i wondered about is like you know again it's a trope of like comment sections are the worst thing ever comment sections are a cesspool you know and there's i think there's a tendency for people to disengage or to never engage in the first place i am starting to really turn around on that because i think if we are citizens here and we have responsibilities, one of those responsibilities is probably to engage in the discourse. And if the discourse is happening in comment sections, like, do we have some kind of responsibility to like promote truth and try to promote like civility in those places? Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is getting a little what? preachy, but I've been thinking well,
0: about. That okay, a lot. I, uh, I want I want to break break some things down. I want to define some terms real quick. Okay. First of all, the discourse. What is the discourse? Does that mean like the zeitgeist of discourse, or like what is the discourse?
1: I just mean like I mean elections are won and uh, you know ships are sunk through comment sections. Like this is where people are talking. People are talking on Twitter and Facebook
0: and in the comment sections. And like it's not the highest level of discourse. Sure, but like if we if you're saying we have a responsibility to engage in the discourse, does like does that mean we need to like go to every source of the discourse and discuss it there like do we need to actively seek out uh discourse with people who we disagree with um you know because like you can you can sit in your little facebook bubble and just like you know talk together about you know how how you all agree on the same things and say that you've contributed to the discourse Right. right,
1: and when I think that you're, the question you're asking is actually the same question that I'm asking. Is like I don't really know because like I I don't uh, I'm not inclined to say that we should like go seek stuff out, but like as things come across your Facebook feed, and if people are having like a discussion in there, and people are you know it's, it's a, a, you have a particular friend on Facebook or a family member who's like. Putting up fake news. Do you have a Do you have an obligation to like address that? If somebody, if in if you are already commenting in a comment section and like things come across a thread that you think are like objectionable, like when should you engage? Should you engage at all? Like, do we have a responsibility to engage? I don't know. Like, I. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, in the same way that, like, you know, if somebody, if, if there's a neo-Nazi uh, rally on in your neighborhood, like do you have uh, an obligation to uh, engage or address or like you know interact with that in some way uh in the same way like when things come across your feed in your social bubbles on the internet do hmm. you have some kind of obligation
0: to address those things or to do something about it i don't know sure yeah well and that's that's the thing so it's like i think the responsibility comes with the right right so i have the right to say something to sure. somebody, and if I do say something, then I have the responsibility of the conversation, right, and then, as far as like deciding whether or not I want to, that's a question of like what results I want right so it's like if my what what are the results that I want to affect right? If the results I want to affect are like I want this person to change their mind, well, that's kind of like a case by case basis right like and I actually made a Facebook post about this earlier today. Like, there's kind of this movement to say, like, I was with someone the other day, and somebody said alt-right, um, and this person, like, jumped in very quickly and said, you mean Nazis? No, oh, I hate that I was so like, much. I was like, well, no, not really. The alt-right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, Nazis. I was like, well... Okay, so I get the point you're trying to make, right? You think yeah. that alt-right is like a soft, fuzzy, cool brand for these people and that we shouldn't do them the service of calling them what they want to be called. Don't so you're normalize. Call them, you're, yeah, so you don't want to normalize it, so you want to call it Nazis so that people don't forget that a lot of these people are white supremacists. Right. It's like, okay, I understand what you're doing, but what you're also doing is like removing the distinction between different types of bad people right (laughs) yeah (laughs) and when you remove the distinction between different types of bad people like different types of people have different strengths and weaknesses right and so like if you if you just call all bad people nazis then or even if you call all racists nazis Right, right, right. Some racists can be fought in one way, and other racists can be fought in another way. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the thing: is like being a citizen of the internet is very complicated because sometimes you'll come across someone where you your job is to involve yourself because this is a situation where you involving yourself could uh, could cause someone to change their mind somewhere. Right? Yeah. Or could cause the world to become better. Then there's other places where you don't want to involve yourself because you involving yourself is what they're looking for because there's a band of trolls just like sharpening their pitchforks ready to come. Right. Right? Right. And so like knowing who you're talk who you're dealing with is important, right? And I, I that's that's an issue I have with the normalization of the word troll as well, right? Troll yeah. used to mean something back in my day, yeah right, right, right and just right, like right. anybody who's like makes jokes and isn't a total sweetheart on the internet is now a troll, right, and like it's uh it's really difficult to know who's actual trolls, you know
1: I love what you were just saying about uh knowing kind of knowing your audience and then well, and
0: knowing your enemy too like if you're gonna if you're disagreeing with people
1: uh I wouldn't say necessarily enemy, but like if you are actually like arguing maybe your opponent we'll say. Uh, I'm I'm but, gonna
0: go ahead and call call the Nazis my enemies if that's all the same to you.
1: Yeah, I was assuming that the people <laughs> that you're engaging with some people who are opponents who are also not Nazis. Uh
0: no no. no. If but, they're my opponent, they're a Nazi. Sounds
1: like you might know a few things. I was like, Well yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I
0: don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> What what do I know? <laughs> yeah, what do I know? I'm just I'm just a I'm just another guy. Bolts, nuts. Rivets, riv nuts, zip ties, yeah. cable ties. Uh, I recently bought 15 feet of industrial strength Velcro. Did you get those like jet ja- ja-
1: Japanese unwashed denims?
0: So here's the thing. I totally forgot that I had sushi uh, getting delivered, and I ran away in the middle of that story and went to the door, got the sushi, came back. You were still talking. <laughs> well, maybe you know, maybe you're not smart enough to make the argument, but I think you're good enough that if you were in the situation, you'd make the right choice.
1: <laughs> it's possibly
0: yeah and then later later you wouldn't be able to justify it though when you're brought in front of a tribunal yeah i'd be like oh, i don't know <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then you bring mitch prentice in you bring your lawyer <laughs> friend in and he'd take care of the whole thing
1: yeah that's oh man and then i would not no, like, full full circle i'm grateful for his ability to be a
0: contrarian you there what are you doing making some weird noises Real quick, uh, what were the sound effects going on in there? So I heard, like, the dribbling that sounded like you were peeing, which I assumed was you pouring water into a cup. <laughs> and then yeah. I heard, like, some loud, like, almost like you were, like, gulping water very quickly with your th- esophagus pressed against the microphone. It was like... Brum, brum. <laughs> well, so the... Um...
1: You know, since we don't have drinking water coming out of the faucets, which, you know... <gasps> I oh, say, do you have
0: one of those big upside-down jugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, got a yeah, water dispenser in my that's room. That's and
1: what it was. it's kind of funny because, like, at first that was, like, you know, a little bit of an adjustment. Anyone moving away from America, you realize that uh, water, drinking water doesn't come out of the faucets. And I've kind of come full circle on that because... Uh, it's a little weird now that you think about it. Like that, America does have drinking water coming out of
0: its faucets. Yo, Eric, Eric Cromarty was giving me shit the other day for uh, for drinking tap water. What's wrong with tap water? It's great. What well, he, he comes over this this man this man comes to my house, lays on my couch. Did he go off on fluoride or something? No, no, no. He comes to my house. He lays on my couch that I I have generously offered him as a place to lay his weary head. He yeah. comes, he rests on my couch And what does he say to me? He says, well, you don't have a Brita? Oh, boy. And I just, I'm amazed uh, He didn't go off on fluoride um, he, he didn't really go off on any specific impurities, but he may have said impurities. I don't know.
1: Like when people do the Brita thing, I understand like some places like, so, you know, my, my grandma was in Iowa. I had some family in Iowa. I spent a couple summers up there. They got sulfur in their water. Can't get it out. Sure. So like, sure. it just tastes like sulfur. It but smells like sulfur when you're taking a shower. So like, I can understand wanting to do that because that's an actual flavor thing. Do you think most people with, with Brita filters, is it a flavor thing or is it an impurities thing?
0: My my theory about Britas has always been I don't think it really changes the flavor of the water at all. Um, I think it's just that you now have water in your fridge, and so you're drinking cold water. So
1: that's the whole thing. So what I've done is I have these two large glass pitchers, and I take water out of my dispenser and put them into these two large glass glass pitchers, and keep them in my fridge. So I always have. You've got a whole uh, system going on. Like one and a half gallons of cold water at the ready. And that's what you're probably hearing in the background.
0: Sure, me sure. sure. Filling,
1: filling those up.
0: So you've got two pitchers, in the
1: yeah. It's a good system because uh, one. Talk to me can, about that. Well, because I usually, uh, I by about eleven a.m. I've gotten through one of them, uh, and so it can really start. Yeah, it, I can drink. You a, drink I, a lot of water. I drink a tremendous amount of water. Mm, uh, that's good. And for you. yeah, it is good. It's uh, I, I I pass the clear pee test every day.
0: Mm. You know what, that's a, no one's really recommending clear pee except for people who have it.
1: Well, I'll just say this about water. I don't really know what the real health benefits are. I'm not well researched on this. All I know is that at some point in time, somebody said, hey, you know, it's really good for your health is if you drink a lot of water. And I didn't, I was like, well, okay, that makes sense. So I started doing it at one point and I don't know if it's like an addictive personality thing or if it's like a real, your body really does adjust or what, but now once I got used to like drinking copious amounts of cold water throughout the whole day, every day, uh, now if I don't have copious amounts of cold water throughout the whole day, I actually feel like dehydrated and weird. So like if I, if I'm traveling or something and there's not like bottled water in the room or, you know. If I'm in America, hmm. I guess I can just drink out of the faucet. Uh, I I feel like gross, and I I feel like I can't have my coffee until I have like you know one or two big glasses of water. Wow. So wow. I don't know. Wow. I don't know if it's just my body adjusting or what, but yeah, I I drink uh, a shocking amount of water.
0: Uh, I I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but I am impressed. You drink an impressive amount of water.
1: Yeah, I mean that kind of assumes that it's a good thing. Maybe it's not even actually good for my health. I don't know.
0: Well, no, I've been impressed by many things that weren't healthy. <laughs> Yeah. So you know in Slack you can add like custom emoji. Yeah. Like everyone just puts like a coffee emoji if they're going to grab coffee real quick. Yeah. Um but I often will go down to the store to grab a monster. So I create a little emoji of a monster can. Oh nice. so I can use that when other people use the coffee one. Although I do That's drink good. a lot of coffee, but you know, it's like I live in a I live in a house, like the coffee's not very far away. I'm not gonna be gone long enough to warrant letting people know. I'm like yeah right downstairs. right. Although a lot of these guys, so this is the thing. I'm a French press guy, so like uh, my coffee's right here with me. A lot of these guys are pour over folks, and so it takes them a minute to to prepare their their nonsense. For me, yeah. it's like put some water in a thing and walk back upstairs. I'll press it when I get upstairs. You know. I'm telling so, you,
1: man. You got it. You got to join the cold press revolution.
0: Yeah. Wait. Yeah. 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 I forgot. You uh, told me about that.
1: I have a, I, at any given time, I got a big old, I have basically, I'll send you a picture. It's the greatest thing ever in my, in my uh, fridge. I've just got those two gigantic pitchers of water, uh, a huge pitcher of cold brew, like condensed coffee basically. And, mm-hmm. uh, and a thing of milk and I just power through those all day.
0: Yeah. I don't think I could live with you.
1: Uh, it's yeah. Very
0: organized. A lot of ducks and a lot of rows. Mm, well no it's not that it's that i feel like you would just take up too much of the fridge no but that's like the only part of the fridge i use is the door (laughs) oh they're all in the door they're all in the door oh that's brilliant yeah okay then never mind that's fine then